Hello, everybody, on this spooky day of spooky frights. Here it's me, Kip, and I'm here at this tree, and I'm looking at some foliage that is upon the ground. There's a large pile. There's a book bin for a library. There's some bobbing for apples. There's a bench. All these fun Halloween festive, maybe even lightly gentrified and suburban things. And I've been thinking about um, just ways in which we could celebrate in the middle of this time. And as I open up this closet that's also here, I'm taking out a cloak, putting this cloak on. And I'm luxuriously stroking my hair. And I'm thinking, as I pass by this manhole cover in the sewer grate, about ways to celebrate together as I enter this costume shop. And I take off my shoes, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and realize I might just be doing ASMR at this point. Oh, I pass by this mummy, and I pass by this swamp thing, and I pass by this Frankenstein. Oh, and what is this? I give money to the cashier for my gum that makes it look like I have blood in my mouth. And I walk down the street. I see a bicycle. It's the bicycle of my enemy. I hate this enemy. I go into the hardware store to buy some pliers to cut this bicycle's brakes. And I go. The bicycle is gone. And I think about the smallness of man and his anger. <sighs> and I keep going. And I go to my house. I make some macaroni and cheese. It's in the shape of a bat. Then I keep going and I eat this macaroni and cheese. And I cry a little bit as I think I should be scaring people out of love, not hurting people out of anger. Then I call up my friends at the TV Guide channel to ask them about the swords they've been selling recently. They tell me they've sold out, but I decide I should take this candy, wear this mask, properly PTE, and go about and strewn it about and try and give some holiday somewhere. As I pass by a doorway, oh, it's a red doorway. I knock on this doorway. There's bushes on either side. I give large king-sized candy bars into the doorway. Oh, and then there's a mirror, and it's foggy, and I look into it. Oh, and I write a little message for the next person. It's a, it's a little jack-o'-lantern that says, Happy Halloween. And I keep going. My life, it feels empty, but even today, you can see it's so full of things. Why can't I have that perspective? So I keep walking. The sidewalk is empty. There's a light chill. My turtleneck is orange, yet it brings out my blue eyes somehow in my grief at the spooky season. And I keep going down Main Street, USA. I talk to people. The anxiety of this election has taken them away from the spooky season. And I take a pumpkin, place it upon my head, and I tell them that I will remind them of death and of the spooky season. <sighs> and as I go, I can't help but wonder. I'm unstoppable if I only get out of my own way. There's nothing that can scare me when I have this pumpkin upon my head. And I keep going. I take the spine of a science class skeleton and make it my scepter. And I walk down the street, ready to bring holiday cheer. Just not with a jingling of the bells, with a cackling of a ghoul. <sighs> and I walk by another manhole in another closet in a dumpster a mailbox uh, some doorways to businesses and I just can't help but think huh 
I must find a way to reach them. As I scale the side of the J.C. Penny, and I get on top of it, and I boom out, passing by ventilation set shafts and various other hiding places. <sighs> town, town USA, small town, big town, rural town. I see you, I know you, and I am here to scare you. And as I get ready to turn into bats, I can't help but feel like I'm being watched. <sighs> can't help but feel like I'm being hunted. <sighs> and I go into a house that's haunted and used to also have a murder in it. And I pass by a large dresser, pass by a bed that had creepy twins in it once. I pass by a basement. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, there's a old garbage disposal that took a caretaker's hand. The moon is full. The mists are high. I pass by a treehouse and the jovial boyhood that was once within it. All that's left is maybe a memory of how to dispel the ghosts of this home. And maybe if I dispel the ghosts of this home, I can dispel the ghosts of my own past. Who knows? The police station is burning. As I go down to the pet store, and I think as I feed these pets candy corns, I have scared this town. What is there left to do? And the night still calls for me as I pass by another mailbox, an Italian restaurant. I think, and as much as I might have something similar to a spaghetti swash. I cannot enjoy spaghetti through this pumpkin I'm wearing. So I spray paint on the side of the Italian restaurant. B O O exclamation mark to let them know that I was here and that I am not alive but I am undead with cheer. And I keep going. There is a shoemaker, old fashioned. I can't help but think that mayhaps I shouldn't hurt these ancient businesses, but I can't help it. I take some toilet paper upon this shoemaker, slowly, tenderly, near crying as I do it, but I TP this shoemaker, this cobbler, this poor cobbler. I hope he has the shoes and the wherewithal to know that I did not wish to hurt him, but I had to hurt all equally, had to scare them all. And I keep going, and I find another bundle of leaves, uh, and another book drop-off place for a library, and I'm back to where I started, and I can't help but think, the only thing left is murder. So I take a kitchen knife, and a hatchet, and a chainsaw, and I go. Used to be a preschool, but now it is an upscale, gentrified, rich mansion, and I know I will find these people. And I will end their opulent lives. <sighs> and as I enter their house, I take my knife and I take it into the shoulder blade of a man. A man who would ruin my community. A man who doesn't even have decorations up. A man who doesn't even have candy. I do the same for his wife. And then I leave. And I can't help 
my bloody hand across my pumpkin, making the grim rictus of a grin. I did not intend, but that is the devil that is in me on Halloween night. And I go, and I keep going. I am the fear. I am the scare. There is nothing but me. I am as true as the wind. I am the slight weight of rain before it falls and hope that I do not befall you should I scare you on this Hallow's Eve. <sighs> You're next. And I'd say look behind you, but I'd never look behind myself. I am that wind itself. And I keep going <laughs> past another bundle of leaves and another dresser, another manhole, another Italian restaurant. Seems to blend together this small town Americana Halloween imagery. Uh, and I come to another bathroom mirror. This one has a message. Oh no, it's the message I wrote before, apparently. Alright, so I keep going. Uh, past a shower that has the curtain drawn. Uh, past um, a closet. And look in the closet. Is there anything in there? Victim? Opponent? No, there's not. It's just my own shadow. And I keep going. And I can't help but wonder... When did... We lose... The trust in the milkman. The paperboy. Evening TV. Full House... Had a lot of issues, but... It did ask fundamental questions about trust in Americana, and as I look at the ballot this year, I'm not sure there's any effort to bring back that trust. But direct action is important, which is why I'm out this Halloween night, scaring and murdering. <laughs> as I walk past, and I keep going. I see that there's a store that has put out their Christmas display, and I howl. Target. You've done nothing but make yourself a target for my ire. And I say, be thankful for your red shirts. It might stop your customers from panicking as I go through. And I can't help but feel these innocents, just like the hoplite under the Athenian conscription. They did not intend to be part of this war, but they're here anyway. This Hallow's Eve. I take my kitchen knife and I go through. <sighs> Menswear. Shoes. DVDs, batteries, children's games, food, cat food, cat costumes. I take a costume of a bee for my own cat. I look at the foundation and I do not find any foundation that matches my pumpkin bloody rictus. And I come to self-checkout. I have a bundle of fingers and eyeballs and peeled grapes and I cannot tell the peeled grapes from the eyeballs so I count them all for the same weight as eyeballs even though those cost more than grapes and I pay my bloody <laughs> credit then I walk from that target and I go to my car and I don't check the back seat I don't check the trunk and I keep driving <sighs> There's a blockbuster video I break in. Can't help but think. We used to have this all. We lost it. If only we could rewind, but 
You can't anymore. You can't skip between chapters. There's no way to turn back time. I hear the helicopters above me. I can't help but think that... Why would they have to hunt me as I take my harpoon and I fire upon the helicopter, bringing it crashing to the ground? Pilot in his tactical gear is coughing up the last of his earthly syrup as I look down on him. And I drop candy corns and I say happy Halloween. I keep going past another uh, pile of leaves and a manhole and a double dresser all places you could hide and I keep going and I find what is this it is a Carly Rae Jepsen concert going on this night in Hallow's Eve and I keep going and I go and I think I should go and see Carly Rae Jepsen and I do and she sings her songs and I start to dance not to the tune of scare and death but tears penetrate my pumpkin seem to wash away the blood upon my pumpkin face as I just vibe I sure I have my knife in my hair but just because it's an extension of my body and my body is an extension of the music I've forgotten fear I've forgotten hate, I've forgotten anger. (sighs) Maybe I am not the instrument of fear. Maybe I am taken by the instruments of the backing band and of the vocals of Carly Rae Jepsen. In this crowd, I am one, but I am alone. Passed by another pile of leaves and another manhole and another double dresser, another bathroom mirror. This one says something. It says, boo. Strange. I'm a little scared. And I keep going. I keep going. At this point, there's meaning in my life. I call. I call my first grade teacher. And I tell her that she was the first woman I ever loved. And I keep going. And I can't help it. There is joy in my life. I just hope that no one ends it, no one scares me. So I keep going, going, past some more piles of leaves and two-way dressers, into a home that is haunted. And I sit down upon the bed, my feet off of the bed, hoping that nobody grabs me in the night. And as I start to whisper, calm sleep, and breathe into my pumpkin face, I start to drift off into dreams. It's hard to know what is truth and what is light. Maybe I could take fear and love and bring them together. Maybe I could change this world. But as I drift off to dreamland, I can't help but wonder if tomorrow will bring better days. But as the leaves fall, so does a man's life. And autumn leaves are sometimes taken too soon. That night in my bed, oh, I'm sorry to tell you, but I died before I could bring joy and fear to the world. As I look down at my body, I can't help but think 
could not rewind time, I could not touch this world. But maybe for a moment my voice could reach you and tell you, Happy Halloween. <laughs> uh, so yeah, welcome to Come and Ride with me. Uh, I'm Kip. <laughs> um, and I'm here uh, to try put some fear in you to try and uh, help you out with uh, the spooky season. Uh, and yeah, um, I wanted to talk about something, but I, I can't seem to find someone to talk about it with as I walked by this pile of leaves. Bleah! <laughs> it's me. Hey. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Wow, I just had the craziest dream, man. It was like the most amazing Halloween dream. It didn't really make sense, but it was just like <laughs> surreal. And it really had some truth to it, you know, which I find is rare in dreams. I feel so great right now. That was a wonderful nap I just had in that closet over there, that double dresser thing. Oh, oh man, I feel you. great. Refreshed and ready for the season. God damn it. That was amazing. What the heck? You didn't even tell me you were going to do that. You're sitting on that? Oh. How fair. long did it take you to write that? That felt like a whole, uh, like, role play session. Like, that seemed like you were telling the story of, like, a year's worth of a role-playing session in, like, <laughs> Halloween Town. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, that was all improv. I was just waiting for you to show up and scare me. Are you serious? Yes. There were so many, like, revelations and, like, deep moments that really got me. Like, I'm, I was moved. I was spooked <laughs> out, I was laughing, and I was also crying for humanity. Like, it was amazing. I can't believe you have this gift and you have never shared it with me before. That is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there was probably like, can Andrew hear all this? Is this all being recorded? <laughs> Just kind of like going off the cuff. I was though, asleep, though, but... unfortunately. I, I really thought I was jamming. Yeah. Man, that, that was amazing. Wow. But uh, yeah. yeah. I passed by that double dresser <laughs> so many times or that pile of leaves, that manhole cover. <laughs> never happened. Well, never jumped The out. first time it happened, I was like, oh, wait, is this my moment? Can I jump out and scare him? And then uh, the story kept going. I was like, man, he must have this all scripted out. And like, I am amazed by that. I can't wait to listen back to this because that was seriously, it got me so much in the mood. It was a little ASMR-y, but it also made me laugh. And like, there were <laughs> profound things that came out, too. That was nuts. I cannot believe that just happened. Yeah, that was all off the dome. Like around the time, like I was oh like God. scrambling for things to talk about. And I was like Italian restaurant, cobbler, Target, pet store. And the, the motives of the character seemed to be very nuanced and complex. And he was like an, an anti-hero of sorts, but he had really good intentions, although they were kind of confused, which is very relatable. I'm blown away. <laughs> by that storytelling that just happened. I cannot believe that that was improv. There's no Sometimes way. Sometimes you just, uh, very often, this show has a point. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that didn't, so I just kind of went with it. Maybe I should have less of a point going forward. Uh, I, I, seriously, it's, uh, man, I don't know. Start a new podcast or something where it's just like this ongoing saga of this weird pumpkin head guy. Oh, that was so crazy. Wow. Yeah, at a certain point, it's like, oh, he's just listening to this, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I was I was in. I was along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. And then I, was, <laughs> I had trouble, like, at a certain point, though, like, I was trying to make you laugh, too, because I was like, 
Oh, I was holding okay, so in Carly laughter. Or Jeffson, or the <laughs> I had to... man dying like a fall leaf. I muted myself a couple times, um, but yeah, that was that was just nuts, man. <laughs> Hopefully, the audience liked that as well. I know that I will once this episode comes out. That yeah. was so. I don't know. It was relaxing, but also exhilarating, and like it felt like a really cool dream in that you're like you get to live a bizarre version of reality, but. It also can teach you some things about real life, and oh my god, that was amazing! Thank you. I'm not gonna even like hint that that's gonna happen in the episode. I'm just gonna let that <laughs> like appear for people. Oh wow! So yeah, literally, I thought that you were like, oh yeah, well, come on the show, we'll talk about vampires, and then I thought you were just gonna go the whole time, like just telling this amazing, <laughs> long, complex story. And I was like, this is great. Like the ultimate joke is on me, and I love it. Wow. But uh, but yeah, no, we're actually here. Like, to... <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible if I was like, "Oh, please come on my show," and I just talked for ninety minutes and didn't <laughs> let you talk. I really got into the mode of of just like being comfortable in the passenger seat. I'm like, "This is going to be an amazing yeah. hour, hour and a half, yeah. or whatever." <laughs> oh, that was so awesome! We told the whole story in fifteen minutes, Jeez. <laughs> and then you scared that... me. <laughs> Hopefully I did scare you. I was a little was, bit, honestly. Yeah, you definitely got me. I was like, okay. I wasn't trying to blow out the microphone, but maybe I did. We'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I I love vampires. I love all kinds of Halloween stuff. Like the vibe at the beginning of the show, really, uh, it was very relatable. I love that kind of feeling of I don't know because I've kind of talked about this on Amusement Sparks, my podcast, that Halloween seems to be the time that's most like a theme park for most people like it's mm-hmm. where it's it's crossing the the borders between fiction and reality get a lot fuzzier just that one night of a year or in that season of the year um in a really magical way that i love yeah like i invited you on to talk about like vampires and like the lost boys movies and stuff and it's it's great because like um there are other holidays but like they aren't about like feeling anything if that makes mm-hmm. sense like yeah I'm like trying not to be cynical about like Christmas stuff, but it's not about feeling the same way Halloween is, you know? Yeah, totally true. There's there's a lot of excitement around, you know, the winter holidays, the new year, all that stuff, but it's not nearly as uh imaginative and otherworldly like Halloween. Cause like when I think of like the big holidays that like in America, for example, like you have people like decorate for, it's probably like Halloween, Christmas, Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And like Fourth of July is about like remembering something and like Christmas is about like getting things like there's something great to how immaterial Halloween is because then there's like all these ways that people try and make it material and they Mm -hmm. have to like everybody is like observing it their own way and bringing to it and like that makes it like really additive and very like textured in a way that other holidays kind of like because like your Halloween is everybody else's Halloween in a way that your Christmas isn't, you know, or like your other like all like that. Yeah. It, there's also like a lot of different ways you can celebrate, uh, Halloween. Like I feel like the, uh, Halloween ephemera, like the uh, greeting cards or t-shirts or whatever about Halloween are just like people in costumes and fall stuff happening. Whereas like depictions of hollow of, uh, Christmas, for example, are just people sitting around a, a dang tree with the dang chimney and the dang stockings, like they're all the same vibe. Like they all look the same. Whereas I think Halloween, you, you celebrate in your own way. Like mine is watching a ton of scary movies and 
TV shows and listening to a bunch of Halloween music and stuff. Um, but some people just do the trick-or-treating thing. Some people work at a haunted house. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to celebrate the season, so to speak. And there's not just one um, kind of sacred thing that everyone has to do the same day, at the same time, uh, like there is for Christmas or something, or New Year's. And it's not like a family holiday either, which yeah. like a lot of other holidays are, which is like, it's cool to like be like, ah, oh, I love my family. But like, it's also like fun to be like, I'm gonna like, <laughs> I made that sound so misanthropic. I know, especially like compared to you. No, Andrew, but, there's room for yeah, everything. You know, like, it's yeah. just like, it's fun to have like a holiday that's not about like, ah, oh, I love the things around me. It's much more like I'm interested in the world around me, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and in the worlds of fiction too, because you get to not only dress up as somebody, but you're seeing all kinds of other people dressed up and all kinds of different. I, I don't know. It's a much more diverse holiday too, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I love. You know, if you look at what what comes out at Halloween time and on at Walmart or whatever on the store shelves, it's extremely diverse. Whereas what comes out at Christmas, it's like okay, red, green, white, sparkly mm-hmm. stuff. And tree-shaped stuff. Like, it's pretty boring and the same since 1960 to today. Halloween changes drastically every year with what movies came out, what trends are going on, you know. Um, And I love that. And I think, like, you could do Halloween, like, straight up, like, scary. You can do it, like, funny. You could do it a little horny. You could do it a little, like, weird. Like, there's all these modes Mm -hmm. that I feel like there's not really, like, um, the, the same level of, like, humor or, like, Let's be like a sexy costume for Christmas or like a, right. like a, a, a let's do an ironic Christmas. It's not really I there. mean, like if you look at the episodes of The Office that are about Christmas, they go as wild as humanly possible, which is like a classy Christmas, a, a Benihana Christmas. Um, they There's like, I don't know, there's not much variation on the theme, whereas every Halloween episode, people look way different and they do different things. And I don't know. It's it's a great time of year. And it gets everyone all excited about the coming winter depression that we all are going to be sinking into and the election. And there is so much spooky stuff right around the corner. Um, yeah. <laughs> this might be one of the last times of the year we don't need to wear a coat. So uh, let's enjoy that. Yeah. And it could also be the last time of the year that we get to wear rights. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um this might be the last year any of us, you know, fly an American flag in our yard, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, man. No. No, it's, it's, you could uh, tell my spirit of Halloween, like, figure two is very, um, like, much like, oh, people are so scared of the election. I should make yeah. it fear Halloween. Right. And the, I really can't wait to listen back to that. Like, honestly, that was truly inspirational for me of a villain who's kind of chaotic good. But they're still a villain, like they're still a murderer, but they're like trying to be like a clown almost. It was, oh, that was really profound. I really, I now I just want to do a role playing set, setting, which is just like kind of goofy serial killers, like slapstick, uh, almost like Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, but because it's like funny, but it's also there are some kind of scary parts of what just what was in your story. I just, I love that. And the recurring gag of like w- walking by the same things and looking in the mirror and there's like, oh, there's a message here. <laughs> oh, that got me every time. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, I was trying anyway. to any point to jump out. I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just keep going until I die. I didn't want to interrupt because I was certain that that was all planned out and scripted. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to jump in and scare him at a moment's notice, but 
this, the ride kept going, so I wasn't going to jump off. You made like, the right call. <laughs> it did keep uh, getting better and better, and oh, I, yeah, that was wonderful. I can't wait to watch the movie of that. <laughs> or an animated short. The movie to. of a character who just, like, goes to, like, an Italian restaurant and, like, can't eat the spaghetti, so he... Yeah, it's like a funnier version of Joker, kind of. <laughs> like, he he's just, like, this tragic character, but he's also just kind of, like, uh, juvenile and uh, just kind of wants to t- TP this, this dude. <laughs> oh, man, that was so good. <laughs> I like did definitely like maybe I'm very good at like role playing characters. So there was a point where I was like, he's really sad about this cobbler that he has to prank. Yeah, it's like this is my duty. This is like what I signed up for. I'm an enlisted man, and I have to do my duty. Yeah, uh. I have to go through with it. But um, <laughs> I-, I meant to ask you too. Uh, no, like that definitely came over me. So yeah, uh, but I meant to ask you. Um, what's your um? If you have a costume this year, if not, what your favorite costume you've had? And also, what are your top Halloween candies? Oh, those are great questions. Um, over my entire lifetime, I've been a Power Ranger the most frequently. I've got several adorable pictures of those just brittle, um, hard plastic, but kind of like cracky plastic uh, masks that are just the face. And then you have like a precursor to the morph suit type thing. Um, I've been several Power Rangers. I was... Uh, scorpion from um mortal Kombat when i was like in preschool like it was a little early to know what that was maybe i was in like first grade no it had to be kindergartner before um but i think it was like a knockoff version of him but i kind of knew what he was because he's from that cool video game that the kids were playing um but my most recent costume i've been building up a ghostbusters uh outfit um Basically, whenever there's not a thing I want specifically for Christmas or a birthday, I'll just ask for one more component on my like Amazon wish list of Ghostbusters costume that I'm building. Although I don't have a proton pack, so I haven't actually worn it in public yet because I don't have the proton pack. Like that's just I'm just a poser still. Um, so yeah, I usually will do some kind of partner costume with my wife, um, who's more into the costuming thing. I'm more into the seasonality, the movies, the media, the music. Um, the vibe, walking around outside, being creepy, exploring creepy areas, urban exploration type stuff. Um, but I do, I will dress up if, uh, if I have somebody else who wants to dress up with me. Um, but yeah, I'm just not a big costumey guy. I don't know. feels kind of wasteful. You can't use the same costume again, really. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, dressing up is really fun though, too. And then, yeah. What about yourself as far as costumes go? Oh, yeah. Um, so I am definitely somebody who, like, just, like, in high school and college, I was, like, moving around a lot and, like, broke in such a way where I wasn't doing a lot of Halloween. So I've tried been, so like, I've been trying to like, do it more, but also, like, I like to not have stuff. <laughs> like, I like to have, like, minimum amount of stuff. Uh, so, like, this year I'm doing, um, did you say what, what your costume was this year, uh, Andrew? Uh, I don't have one slash... I'm still waiting on my wife to text our neighbors back about if we're going to go over to their house. If we're going to go out and do something, we'll make up some kind of costume. But if not, then I probably won't dress up. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I technically have two costumes this year. Uh, mm. One is I had a track jacket, so I got matching track pants. And I was just going to like put some powdered sugar on my nose and get like some, some <laughs> little, little, like sunglasses. That was one. <laughs> That's my... That's cool. 
good good one uh uh-huh. and then um the other one is uh this is a weird throwback to me being like a wrestling fan but um my girlfriend got like a nice big like bright robe and like a like curly blonde hair like wig and um was gonna be rick flair and then i was gonna mm. get like a big curly like blonde wig and like um a like um vintage celtics jacket which i just got and like we tried the costume out but and then i was gonna be like dusty Rhodes, so cool. rick flair and, and like dusty Rhodes, which is yeah. kind of a weird throwback i love that no that's really fun um i i do like costumes a lot i always go to like halloween costume shops but then i'm always like i like it but i don't know i don't want to uh disrespect halloween by starting to wear the same costume every year Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also want to be kind of creative with it. Like last year, I almost was a werewolf Ghostbuster, <laughs> um, but then I ended up not actually going all the way through with it. So I just kind of have some like pieces that are reusable, like modular things where I could be like, okay, so once you have the the werewolf mask, you can do ver- werewolf variations of all of your other costumes. Um, so I don't know. I might I might get into something like that, but uh, I don't know. And then on Halloween candy, candy corn and candy pumpkins uh, were my favorite, and they used to be vegan. I'm vegan, by the way. So I, but they're not anymore. Now they have uh, oh. honey and or whey in them. I don't remember which brand has which, but um, why do they so have whey in them? I don't. I don't know, man. Whey. They just put whey in everything. It's like putting it's like Halloween sawdust games. in there, or whatever. I don't know. Um, to make it spookier, I, I'm not sure. Um, so I don't really particularly have a favorite candy at the moment. I don't really like chocolatey stuff that much. I like cookies. Uh, maybe do Oreos count? Or oh, there's these things at Kroger, um, and probably Kroger affiliates because you know Kroger owns half the grocery stores or whatever. Um, they are called Kaleidos, I think. They're like knockoff Oreos, but they have like a rainbow unicorn flavor that's like purple and it has blue crystals on the the. Um, cookie part and they taste incredible they taste like a a dream it's wild um they're really good and they're purple and sparkly yeah i think that's what they're called Hmm. um so they're they feel kind of halloweeny they feel kind of otherworldly and uh those are really good if they are considered candy or not i'm not sure what about you candy yeah um it's gotta be hard to like do candy both like as an adult and also like with the way you're like looking at like your diet because that like does hurt like a lot of like candy stuff and uh i like maybe like three handfuls of candy corn a year and usually in october that's like my mm-hmm. limit for candy corn uh it's so no. good yeah oh, there must be like a vegan candy corn right or like, i'm sure or there is recipe i just haven't uh i've only looked at you know like pharmacies and grocery stores i haven't gone on the internet yet to to do that although maybe i should like I would also really like to get some more Ecto Cooler. I don't think they're making it right now, but that's uh, one of the few things I've gone to the internet to get food or beverage for because I couldn't find it anywhere locally. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's good like 30 minute like vegan like candy corn online. Like, oh, cool. Not like too bad. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of like, I like king size candy bars and like those big like, um, crap, what are they called? Crap. Um, big crap. They are the big sticks, pixie sticks. Oh man! But now it's been forever since I've been able to have them for real because they're too much for me. Like also not liking chocolate and being an adult, but like I yeah. like the feel of it—a <laughs> big pixie stick or like a king size candy bar. 
Yeah, that's fun. I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm weird with candy. Because, I, uh, I don't know. I like ice cream. I'm a weird person. Uh, but candy's fun. I like getting candy to give out to trick-or-treaters and stuff. We usually do, like, dum-dums or whatever. Yeah, like, it's, uh, like, um... I feel like this is, like, a weird conversation to have, but, um... Media maybe makes us feel like we have to have like a favorite prize thing in every category. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't have a favorite candy, you know, like it's just like, yeah, can't I appreciate something about all of them? Or what about no? Yeah, that's or true. Don't reach that high. <laughs> yeah. Kind of an old, old timey thing where it's like, you have to check each of these boxes because you're normal, right? You're normal. You can check all these boxes like, like you ask the question too. So <laughs> Yeah, you jerk. You're perpetuating. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's a good conversation. Capitalisms. Because <laughs> uh, no, like it's it's definitely like the kind of thing where like it probably comes like from like send in your labels on this for your favorite candy and like commercials about like your favorite candy. Where it was like maybe in like the fifties, they were like, oh yeah, like I like these what's its and these who's its and whatever they had back then. I don't know. <laughs> right. But no. uh candy uh not the best actually uh i'm much more into like savory nowadays for being like real but that's just me um yeah i'm in the same boat i like i like sweet and salty mixed together i like savory yeah yeah other stuff not just candy and like it's also Uh, like stuff that has like an interesting taste and that's not really what candy's going for like oh (laughs) yeah candy's pretty straightforward uh can you taste like the like uh small hits of my of like mahogany i'm not sure why it's mahogany <laughs> but that sounds like some classy candy right there yeah i like it but no uh it's like good to like have candy around for if like you're like having one of those like halloweens either like as a kid or as like a a a the like college age person to throw up but that, that's the most i've like candy i think not nowadays mm-hmm. yeah that's true i'm in the same boat getting too old for that but um, speaking of like capitalism, though, um, I wanted to talk to you about our subject, which is vampires. Yeah, huge drivers of capitalism. I mean, yeah. it's kind of boring how mundane the plot of like Dracula is. The Bram Stoker's Dracula, he's he's just acquiring properties. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. Monopoly. <laughs> Wait, is there a Dracula themed Monopoly game? Because that'd be oh, awesome. there must be. <laughs> or the Universal Monsters, probably. Oh yeah, well yeah, those are kind of boring though. I need this needs to be a new game. That's the Dracula board game, um, which does involve you know killing people and blood drinking and all that stuff and turning into a bat and everything. But it's largely you know to win the game, you just have to collect a couple properties over there in England. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> and like watch out for like Van Helsing and the Texan that kind of stuff. Just clean your toes. But no, um, yeah, vampires are like. This interesting thing is like what I wanted to do for this month was kind of like let people expand beyond like what we might normally like look at, like both because we've been doing that anyway, like when we looked at stuff like the Mandalorian last year and also because mm-hmm. um, it's spooky season. It's like right. time to have fun and vampires are they got real big. Like if like like how cranberry started to mix with like every kind of like other like fruit juice, like <laughs> vampires have mixed with every other kind of movie. That's fair. Good point. Uh, yeah, and the changes in the pop culture also is reflected in vampires. Like, they're an immortal thing, but they still change with the cultures. Like, they're still going to get their hair cut 
or like wear a fancy top hat because that's what everyone else is doing in uh the one with uh gary oldman um it's just like you kind of keep up with the fashions a little bit you know like you got to change over the years just like the vampire subculture changes to uh follow the you know twilight trend or whatever and like i think um a lot of like what vampires are is like the same thing with like witches where it's like we like like um we like seeing people that can like go throughout like different systems and culture and like not fit Mm -hmm. in but still like maintain control and it's like very like you could see where like um it becomes attractive to be like oh this is a person who like doesn't care about authority and like has their own life and is able to like enter in and out of places and like do these things that's cool right the immortal nature of them is really fascinating um and also there's this uh there's like a single player role-playing game slash series of writing prompts that's called 1000 year old vampire it's a really fascinating game um you might be really good at it actually but it's about telling a story of essentially an immortal character like you have so much room for for plot and self-reflection and realizing your own shortcomings and like failing again and again over the generations as the same character which is really fascinating for like a kind of a role-playing system. Like I always like when role-playing games have kind of a generational thing. Um, like what is it? Dragon Quest V. You start out as a character, then you play as his son, and then you play as his son in the same video game. Um, it's almost like that, but you're just the same person for a thousand years. Uh, it's kind of a cool, a cool prompt. It's a cool thing to think about. Uh, is the tragedy of being immortal? And like I think like it's just like we want to see like what would life be like because we all kind of see like a little bit of what it's like to be immortal for example like when we're like ruminating on blockbuster being closed down i thought that was so good it was like and i forget what the exact wording was but it was something like we we missed out on this or like we lost out on it's like someone like uh, reflecting on losing you know getting a divorce or something it's like i had it so good and i took it all for granted it's like we weren't appreciating how amazing Blockbuster was and now it's gone. And I feel that so much, like, <laughs> for real. And, like, for, like, vampires, it's, like, on a scale where, like, we can have those same <laughs> feelings, but, like, it won't feel petty. We'll be like, oh, I'm seeing, like, the fall of, like, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> that That's, like, that's Blockbuster to me because I'm ancient. Right. And think about how important and significant things like the internet coming around would be for a vampire who's just had to be reading newspapers and like stalking people like for fun. But now they have, you know, YouTube and Fortnite, like forget about it. They're having so much fun right now. They're not even out there killing anymore because they uh, are just trying to get a victory Royale. <laughs> Do you think a vampire uh, can enter like into like a, a, a like forum or like a social media like platform without being invited or what do you think? <laughs> no, you have to get an invitation. That's a yeah. good point. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, you have to wait until you get like an advertisement or something saying, join Facebook. It's what everybody's doing. And then you're like, oh, thank you. I love that. That's a good little uh, plot detail. <laughs> they just keep hey, checking their spam folder. take selfies? Okay, let's take selfies, but not at the JCPenney because they have silverback mirrors. I need to go someplace that doesn't. Your when your character started scaling the side of a JCPenney, I was like, "This is a hundred percent scripted." Like he must have come up with that bizarre visual 
earlier on. Like, what? He's scaling up the side of a JCPenney? I've never heard of that before. I'm like, that's not a movie reference, I don't think. I don't know what this is. I was just but- picking businesses that I was like, <laughs> this is a business that might be failing or has failed or mm-hmm. is in trouble. So I was like, Cobbler, JCPenney, Blockbuster. So good. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, I'm not going to tell my girlfriend about that. I'm just going to make her listen to the episode because <laughs> she'll love that. But um, That's a great idea, especially if she's not particularly into the Lost Boys. Be like, no, you. I'm going to sit you down and make you listen to this podcast. And then it's just this wild, goofy role. Oh, it was so fun. I think you should do a whole nother podcast that is like weird, goofy horror role play. Like, I love that. I honestly might. Like, that was, like, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and then that character can have, like, a little vignette at each season. Like, they can have um, about where they go to meet the, the um, man, what's it called? The Easter Bunny or something like that. Like, you could have them, just like a vampire, kind of mash up against all kinds of other pop culture things that are coming and seeing what his take is on, you know, whatever current events are happening. <laughs> I'm taken by the spirit of Easter. I place eggs here. I place eggs there. I wish I could place an egg behind the things I should have said to you. Back when we were still in our hometown. Back when I, back when you still love me. And, and like reminiscing or, or reflecting yeah. on how people, it's all about eggs and fertility and, yeah. and re, you know, the rabbit being, you know, a fertile creature or whatever. It's like, I, we never had that child because I didn't think I was worth worthy of being a father and like reflecting on how it's like, why would I want to create more life in this world when I just want to take it away? <laughs> uh, but I then see there's... the way they move their like, uh, like tools at Benihana and they make that like volcano. I can't help but think of the ways that I should have erupted for you. I should have found you. I should have made my words crisp like that and i take these eggs these possibilities these past these futures that have been lost and i hide them for others who haven't destroyed their lives and those around them it's not too late for them but it's too late for you um i think that's really a a beautiful character i would read that book i'd watch that movie whatever um speaking of eruptions i just recently learned that in um japanese pro wrestling they have like these cool adjectives for um, like if there's a move that comes off of a turnbuckle onto like the main you know area, the main part of the ring, it's called an avalanche mm-hmm. version of whatever move they're doing. And then like if it throws you out of the ring, it's called like an eruption or something like that. So cool. Do you watch wrestling or no? A, a little bit. Um, I'm getting more into it these days. And I had a, a big spell in college where I watched a lot of it. But before that, I was just playing wrestling video games, which I'm I'm still really into. Well, honestly, in the past, like, four or five years, like, there's been a major wrestling, like, renaissance just because, mm-hmm. like, you have things like New Japan's popular and that there's, like, they just did, like, an episode of, like, Hey W, for example, where they had, like, a whole, like, Frank Sinatra, like, song and dance number like at, like, a dinner party and, like, there's lots of people <laughs> wow. doing really cool stuff and it's not just, like, one company with maybe some questionable morals uh, <laughs> and some questionable, like, ability to book stars. So it's been fun. Cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, there I was a fan a, last year. My favorite restaurant has closed permanently now, RIP, but Aww. they used to play all the wrestling events on all their TVs, which is really fun. Um, yeah, it's a really cool thing. I mean, it's there's actually going to be a, an Amusement Sparks episode soon where we're doing a, 
a wrestling related theme park. Ooh. So uh, I've been doing okay. a deep dive into it. I'm really, I'm a big fan. It's a cool, cool genre, a cool sport. Um, it has a lot of storylines versus like baseball. Whereas if there's a baseball game where, you know, there's a, a grudge match going on between these two teams because the manager of that team used to date the, you know, like there's like these complex um, evolving storylines over the generations that no other sport has probably because most pro athletes retire after they've been playing for 10 years. Whereas, whereas for some reason, just the, the tenacity of wrestlers, they continue forever. It's amazing. And like, um, in like baseball, for example, when like the Yankees face like the Red Sox, like the like batter for like the Red Sox that used to be like on the Yankees can't pull out, like the finishing move of uh, of like his mentor on the Yankees to like end the <laughs> right. to like end the game. Oh, I wish they could though. Yeah, That'd they don't. Great. They never give the players the microphone to like you know call each other names and get the crowd hyped up, and it's just a different thing. It's not as fun. The regular. Have you followed baseball or no? Uh, no, never heard of it. Oh, holy crap! Really? <laughs> yeah. So baseball or like blase ball? It started like. A couple months ago but it's like um it's like fantasy baseball with like fake teams like it's like the arizona tacos or something and that kind of stuff and it's like um all fake players like oh like a big like mvp like one like season was like dominic marijuana kind of thing okay and, like, i'm looking this up it's like um the teams play during the week and that's a season then the weekends are the finals hmm. and then it restarts and like what happens though is like you you can buy like place bets and buy boons. So like if you like have bought like the right like boon, you might get more money from your bets, and you can spend your money from your bets to like um to buy votes for like rule changes. Like Whoa. there was like one season where like it was like oh um people like voted that like this team all of their players stats would get re rolled. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So it's like more fantasy version of a fantasy sport, like fantasy baseball. I mean, also kind of like a JRPG or like a cosmic horror thing <laughs> <What>? too. <laughs> like last week, I think they killed God. Oh my god! Okay, this sounds fascinating, and it sounds more like wrestling. We're keeping up with it week to week. There's actually stuff going on instead yeah. of yeah. What's the score of the game? It's like. What's the state of the world? Like, are my characters alive? <laughs> like, yeah, because people are like in relationships, and some were like randomly dying. I guess for weeks, characters were randomly like being turned into peanuts, and then w- <laughs> whenever you won, like that season, like the team that won was facing a peanut god, and then like somebody finally beat the peanut god. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! And like, all you could do is like vote <laughs> for things and hope your team's good. <laughs> Yeah, I need to get involved in this. That sounds amazing. It's great. Um, to um, slightly go back to vampires, though, um, something I think uh, to the point of um, comparing like our own feelings of like being immortal or like living past our time and seeing Blockbuster close down. I think like a big um, like reason that vampires are like important or like relevant, at least on like the on like the age side is that like they kind of are like a way to give like um crap what's the word um a way to give like support or like um like credibility to our issues Mm -hmm. like to say like oh 
you're 200 years old, but you're dating me. Oh, you're like a thousand years old, but you care about this problem or you're involved in this thing or you want to pursue me or want to be friends with me. Like, I feel like it's a lot of like, uh, like part of the reason it might be like in a, that like vampires have gotten big, specifically in America is like, oh, we are always searching for like validation and history to like mm. add to and give context and like to, and make what we're doing seem important. Cause like, right. And like validate yeah. our validate, feelings. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's it's really hard to compare anything across generations, you know, because, yeah, sure, you're I, I mean, it's it's boomers versus zoomers. Like there's so many things that are just kind of misconceptions and like the world might look similar to what you grew up in, but it's not, you know, so having someone who lived through everything and like has has been kind of a nomad through it all can more fairly maybe compare them. That's really interesting. Like that could be a cool. um I've got a pitch for Discovery Channel. It's a uh, a fictionalized documentary series about real things, but it's hosted by a vampire who, like, can give you some context about, oh, yes, well, back in my day, you know, the the um, pyramids were still being built, and, like, this is what this part of the world looked like back then. Um, you know, we didn't have cameras to film it, but now we've got cameras to show you what it's like today, and here we can show you some comparisons with computer-generated models of what it would have been like you know, it's like giving uh, the host some firsthand experience with this thing uh, from like thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago. It'd be really fascinating. That to me kind of sounds like tantric comedy in that like <laughs> you have to play that straight because like it takes so much control not to just make that like a funny thing. Like, but if you did like a, like seven seasons of like a completely serious like vampire telling their takes on things that happened. That's like really great and like really cool, but it would be so hard for most people not just immediately like go into like comedy that almost like that would be like, oh, like when you finally get to comedy, (laughs) like (laughs) it's because you've done it for seven seasons without any comedy. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. It's it's almost like kind of like ancient aliens or something. I'm picturing like they take it pretty seriously, even though as an audience member, I'm laughing a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I think they're in on the joke, but I don't know. I don't know how serious they're being. I don't know. Like that's a, a fascinating series like, for me. If you just did a show where, like, we ask a vampire about, like, events and, mm-hmm. like, never laugh or make jokes or pretend the vampire is not real, but never, like, say, like, oh, we found the world's vampire or whatever. We discovered vampires. Just pretend, yeah. like, we're in Earth 2 and vampires are a known thing. That's kind of like um, big deal. what we do in the shadows. It treats it pretty real. Like, they're... In the universe, there's still people, they're still doing funny stuff, but they are actually vampires in the canon of the show, in the in the movie, um, which which is really fun. I like it a lot. And like they have just kind of a different mindset because they grew up in a different century. You know, they like have a different approaches to things and seeing how they get along with each other is really interesting, too, because there's kind of like a Nosferatu looking guy who's like really, really old. And then everyone else is just like 400 years old or something like they're from different eras and seeing how they get along is really fun. Like it's like the view, but but each person is like at least 100 years different in age. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a vampire being like, oh, yeah, like I really wasn't there in Austria at the time, but I knew this like researcher and they had these notes and they told me this. And then like you bring in like another researcher, like actually this person's notes have been like they're not accurate, like we found that and they're like, well, like 
that person was my friend. Like, don't talk like bad about my friend. <laughs> they're dead. They're like, other notes weren't verified and you weren't there. It's like, I know who, who to trust. I'm a thousand years old. God, these people <laughs> just like completely seriously. Like just like well, a yeah. real like argument between like a scholar and like a vampire. And it would be like it could be like updating like how textbooks change over the decades, and they they could be like they could have a a debate about like oh well isn't it really more like this this is more authentic this is what we should teach kids these days and they're like well I, you know from my perspective I was there but you know I was coming at it from this angle like they could give firsthand accounts about everything in history <laughs> it's really weird or I don't know time travel might work better for that. Anyway, uh, like, yeah, dude, I was there. It was about slavery. It wasn't about states' rights. Exactly. I was there, dude. I I remember specifically the guy was saying, let's frame this like it's about states' rights, but we all know what it's really about. Like, he didn't write that part down, but he said it. I remember it. You know, like, like, you and I were both alive. You're only 70 when they put up that statue of that general. It's not like it's a long term (laughs) thing. Yeah. Or they're like, you know, I, I used to have the coolest Republican t-shirt, but I had to throw it away. You know, the party's kind of pol- like reverse polarized. Um, they switched and uh, don't identify with that party anymore. I had to throw away all my cool Republican gear I used to have. Did you know that Cindy Crawford didn't look like Cindy Crawford? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a man. weird reference to make, but yeah. Um, vampires. Love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love them. Um, vampires are great. Yeah. Uh, they're a lot of fun, and they can be depicted in so many different ways, as we're experiencing here. I do think that Lost Boys was one of the first uh, vampire things I remember. I think for a lot of people, it goes um, maybe The Count, and then like I don't know what are other pop culture vampires for kids. I can't remember many others because I saw Lost Boys when I was probably like ten or twelve, somewhere in there, and I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Like Bugs Bunny, or maybe like um, the Animaniacs, like doing like a Nosferatu joke, maybe was like sure it kind of thing. And, oh, SpongeBob had a, a great Nosferatu moment. Yeah, uh, but I was uh, older then. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, the first Lost Boys from '87 is just a classic. It's so it's cool. So good. Uh, it feels like I guess the original uh, script was supposed to be like I think it was about like fifth and sixth graders and they said it was kind of like goonies um both vampires that was like the same way yeah it, it's definitely not the same and then joel schumacher who is the what director of the first one was like if you make it teens i'm in if you don't make it teens i'm out and then they're like okay we'll make it teens it can be you know a little bit more flashy and exciting and they can do more stuff um as teens versus like middle school kids so it was a good yeah, change i think, I think. That, um it's just such a like time capsule because like I love how like part of the movie is like let's just show like all the scary parts of this like city and it's just like that's just like two girls who were dating that's just like two black dudes walking that's just like somebody that has like a pet <laughs> snake and it's like that's not that scary like it's like when you see like old movies and they're like sushi <laughs> what <laughs> right that's hilarious that, that is a good point though a lot of it just seems like like b-roll of they're just hanging out in um yeah i think they filmed it in santa cruz um the the fictional town is called santa carla uh but yeah it's it's interesting and although some of this stuff is like so 80s that it is kind of scary like the dude playing the saxophone he's like all oiled up he looks like a pro wrestler he's got chains around his neck and he's just like 
there's this huge crowd of people like it's Ozfest or something, but it's just a dude playing saxophone in like and also singing in this like rock band. It is so weird. <laughs> so awesome. And just like it's just like out of nowhere, just like to show what happens in this town and just like the way they're like riding like dirt bikes and they're like hanging on to like train tracks and like they're introduced by walking through like a Ferris wheel. They're just like it's like such a like cool vibe to be like oh yeah like of course like in this kind of 80s 90s i don't know how true it was that like teens ruled the earth or maybe it was just like teens hung out and wore fashion and that was too much for like the boomers i guess but like uh just yeah, yeah like it's i like, mean it's like what the, are they doing wrong i just said michael jackson's bad video i think that has like wesley snipes and stuff uh but yeah just like that that vibe of just like cool uh teens wearing leather stuff in chains uh just looking cool like it's like a mix of fashion and like gang culture which seemed really fun oh yeah and like in that montage like there's just one dude who like has a beard and is wearing a hoodie it's just like that's not like scary to me is that supposed to be scary (laughs) right i think it's supposed to just show that like this is where all the weirdos end up they all get drawn to this town for some reason yeah Cause like it's like kind of like weird to think because like I was um watching some Stephen King recently that was like set in the seventies and like not to like completely discredit I guess like <laughs> the past <laughs> which is a weird thing to say but um <laughs> like yeah just like it's kind of weird when you actually think of like the eighties as a time where like things like irony and like alternative fashion besides like m- maybe like a hippie look became accessible and popular in like a way where they just weren't like there's not like a lot of like stuff that plays in irony before the 80s or like there's not a lot of stuff like like plays in like different kind of fashion besides like the hippie look before that like there's a lot of like and like even just like musical genres opening up because like you get like the start of like rap and hip-hop as like being like mainstream things like you could hear in movies and being around and being like an Mm -hmm. option for people at this time so like yeah, that's most really of the stuff that's weird is yeah because like the rebels back in the day like when the beatles broke it's like these kids are crazy and like if you look at their performances like they're wearing suits and ties and everything they're not like there's no fashion element to that like spirit of rebellion or whatever and like all the girls like screaming in the crowd are wearing like poodle skirt looking things like they're more formal than any kid would be seen today um but yeah it's it's an interesting thing how the culture is depicted through clothing choices and just your your options for music and all the different stuff that we have like today it's really cool uh but yeah with vampires being immortal it's sometimes i feel like some of the fashions they can really latch on to um where some of them maybe are a little weird or like don't quite fit their character but i feel like the 80s is a good vibe for most vampires like kind of the the cure looking like leather jackets and just yeah the lost boys vibe is so cool it was still like the wild west as far as like a lot of like things about like aesthetic work because i feel like like there's almost like there's lots of people who will like dabble in the top layer of a fashion in ways that like aren't super genuine to be like i guess i'm being goth today versus like when you had to super commit and like that's not like a bad thing but like it like does mean you get stuff that's like a little out there maybe it's not like the best look maybe it's like a weird like how alex winter is like just dressed like this like black parade like trombonist or whatever the whole movie and <laughs> yeah i always thought his costume seemed weird i was like maybe he's just a much older vampire 
I don't know when. Yeah. They were originally thinking about doing a an origin story for David and when he became a vampire, but because I have no clue what even like decade that happened in, and it's not reflected on in the canon. I haven't read the comic books. Maybe it's in there. Maybe the TV show will be about it. I don't know. Uh, but I've only having seen these three movies. I'm like, I don't know when any of these vampires became vampires. Yeah. Actually, I think in the third movie they show a flashback to the. Uh, well, but they don't show when he became. They show the the alpha vampire, but they don't show when he became a vampire. They just saw him being a vampire in like 1601 or something. Yeah, it's hard because um, like I um, I like the two Lost Boy sequels. They aren't really like as iconic, but like I love how 2000s they are, just a very real way, just like yes, coming back to stuff and just dude, perfect. like the soundtrack has Aiden did the main like the cover of Cried Little Sister, uh, Eagles of Death Metal, Seether. It's just like so, uh, which I was kind of in that vibe. Like I was kind of a scene kid back then. And it's like, it's just kind of cringy to go back to, but at least I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but my, my music was honestly better than what these guys are listening to. (laughs) Like, uh, just the hairstyles and especially, um, the first one, the tribe I thought was the low point of the series film wise. Uh, and it currently has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) I as far as the like uh, tomato yeah. freshness or whatever it's yeah called. tomato freshness because they ate it all because they're vampires uh, <laughs> or like marceline they just sucked the red out of it and uh <laughs> um i remember distinctly for that movie like it was still when you got like on tv or just like on like the dvd track or whatever like special features like oh like here's us promoting like this movie on like mtv or here's like let's watch special features of this DVD because it's like the only one we have. Um, and like, there is this like whole commentary track about like the director, like how they made them play gears of war. Cause they thought it showed that they had this like wild and extreme lifestyle. It's <laughs> like, Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> That's but, like, so funny. Back then that was like really funny to me, but it just gets more and oh, more. I'm sure. time. Cause like, okay. So in the 87 movie, we see these, these punk kids, and how do we really show that these are like for real? These are vampires. Let's have them hang off the bottom of a bridge that a train goes over and it shakes the bridge so much that they all fall off to their death. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, so they show that and it's like a really exhilarating moment because you're kind of with the point of view of a character who doesn't know that they're a vampire and they're just like, my, all these dudes I was hanging out with just died. They all fell to their deaths. Um, and then he falls too. It's like, it's such a powerful moment. And then obviously he realizes he's a vampire and that's not going to kill him. Um, but then in the remake, it's like, yeah, well, you know how I know these people are real vampires? Because they play Gears of War, like this commercially available, cave. very successful video game. <laughs> they, have they totally tools. lost their point of that scene. Um, also, yeah, the, the like yeah. cave thing they live in. Um, I loved in the original movie. Like it was a sunken, like I guess they said it was like the best hotel in like the 30s or something and it sunk into like a fault in the ground so they have this wicked awesome underground old-timey hotel that they've just like kind of been wrecking and partying in but there are surfboards mounted there like there's surfboards (laughs) and against some of the columns and so i wonder if they're like watching lost boys and the the first couple ideas for a a script for a sequel didn't get you know approved by warner brothers and they're like wait see those surfboards let's just make a movie about what if these guys went surfing like we we look at the character we look at some of the things that are in their in their house, but are never talked about in the movie. We make that oh, its own movie. <laughs> in like the first movie, it's like a like Viking long haul almost. Like we have these like mm-hmm. surfboards that we like mounted up. 
In the second one, I also remember from that special feature them talking about like how they were doing extreme sports more to show that they oh, were like, yeah. extreme. But so I want to know something. Um, I guess like it's canon based off the comics that crap. Who's the main vampire? Not David. Um, his brother in the second movie, like Scott. Um, yeah, it's an uh, S name for sure. Oh man, what is it? I know the the actor's name is Angus uh, Sutherland, but I don't know his character name. It's S something. Uh, Shane. Shane. Hey, there we okay, go. Okay, yeah. Um, so I guess like it's canon that like when he became like a half vampire and had to feed, he fed on a shark while he was surfing. And that's why he <laughs> looks that way and his group looks that way. And that's, that's amazing. Exact, that's exactly what you do in a sequel. You're like, can we resonate? No, let's let's escalate in ways that are dumb. <laughs> And it was originally the sequel, which is called Lost Boys the Tribe, um, was originally pitched as a totally separate movie about surfing werewolves. And then they were like, uh, we're not going to make that movie, but why don't you? Because it's too much like Lost Boys. So let's actually make it a Lost Boys movie. And they just erased all the word vampires and replaced it with the word. I mean, erased all the werewolves, replaced it with vampires, you know, print. <laughs> That's all they had to yeah. do. I guess they had to add in Edgar Frog a little bit, who totally makes the second movie worth watching. Yeah. Oh, what a cool character. Like, you thought that kid was cool when he was a kid? Wait till he's like a grown man sh- uh, shaping surfboards and still hunting vampires, even though his, you know, brother is tragically missing and everything. I love it. I really Edgar love Frog when movies, rules. like, come back and, like, I would love to see, like, a movie that actually got like the full cast but even just like it's like here's one character and they're like a badass who's been fighting this whole time like a couple franchises like have done that like um like in tremors for example like they're about to release its seventh film i think and um after like the second one it becomes about like main character like burt gummer this like weird military like prepper who's just like i guess the mexican government wants me to like calm down and like do some stuff And that's like how they make it work versus like he wasn't the yeah, main character in the first movie, you know? Right. As long as you have some continuation to the original, I think fans of the original will at least give it a chance. Like I remember seeing um, Lost Boys, the tribe in some kind of video store, probably family video. Hmm. And I was walking around with a friend and I was like, wait, that's that's the guy from the original movie. Like, so there is a connection and I wanted to watch it. And he's like, I've seen it. It's not good. So I didn't watch it until until you brought it up for this podcast and boy, am I glad I watched it. There are so many cool yeah. lines and almost, we kind of talked, we we're talking about Ghostbusters a little bit earlier. I got some kind of Ghostbusters vibes from the second two movies. Like as yeah. far as the, the gear that they use, they have like holy water guns, which is in the original movie, but it just feels like a more formalized system where it could have been like, it almost felt more like a video game or a role-playing game where it's like, you know, there's a whole like a uh, kind of tree of options as far as upgrading your tools against these vampires uh, that are kind of like they're kind of sequels to the tools they used in the original movie, which I thought was so fun. Like I think really that cool. um, like it's like um, one. I love how like of course the second Lost Boys movie has to have like a shower sex scene into bloody boob like killed by antlers moment that. Yeah, that was irresistible in 2008. That was like catnip to like directors. They're like, oh, my God, this is this is art. I have to do this. Um, But like, yeah, um, in the first movie, it's like to my point early, but like the 80s being the first time that like you could be cool. 
Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Well, you um, could feel, you could look yeah. as cool as you feel, maybe, or something. <laughs> That's partially me being weird, but like, it's the first time where you could like do certain things with like fashion and music and like expression that you couldn't like in the 60s and stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, like, it's also the first time that you really have like toys that are like meant to be like more than just like a like frisbee and stuff like you like get like interesting yeah. toys and i think like when you look at like the goonies and lost boys and like other movies like that a lot of them are all about like recontextualizing like um the cool toys you could get in the 80s and 90s and like how they would be if they were as you imagine we're like oh my squirt gun's actually hurting somebody oh like this and that and yeah. i think it's like the same way with like a lot of horror movies now or like kind of like taking the prepper and like the um like people have for like tactical military like gear and stuff and like that's where the other movies go where it's like what if we could let people show them how they could use this like three hundred dollar vest they bought in case red dawn happens <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, that stuff's really fun and kind of almost i don't know if, how intentional it was but it makes a lot of fuel for play like if you're you know a kid watching the movie you're like oh i know how i'm supposed to play with this toy now or like i'll never look at that squirt gun the same way now because i can imagine it's holy water and those are vampires or or you can yeah there's just so many like fun little things to to play with and like kind of like action set pieces too where it's like i can have my my action figures recreate this kind of scene like i don't know i love that kind of stuff i think that action movies and toys kind of do go hand in hand in a lot of ways i love how like um when you look at stuff like mom's got a date with a vampire that like disney movie for example there's just like um real sense of like terror that i feel like lost boys kind of like started for like vampires where like it was just like Mm. oh this is something that could come up and like happen in part of our like conversation of like just like our life is that there could be people who are there to prey on us and like also i could use like my micro machines (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true and it, it also um it represents the fear of a step parents coming in like yeah uh, that's a very real like relatable thing for a lot of you know 80s and 90s kids i think was like oh no we gotta stop him <laughs> yeah it's my house uh, i gotta spend it <laughs> yeah interesting no. um so i wanted to um briefly say that um i Love having you on, Andrew. And I think in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be appearing on your show, right? Yeah, shortly. I uh, luckily um, have been able to get a lot of excellent guests, you included, Kip, on the show recently um, to the point where it's like, well, an episode only comes out every third week. So now I'm just kind of sitting on a bunch of them. And it's like, well, now I just kind of want to put them out in order um, that makes sense. Like I did kind of the last uh, last episode and the one that's coming out right around today actually pretty soon um on halloween uh we're kind of horror themed so then i like bumped your episode back a little bit but yes i am so excited to to put your episode out which is uh, about tokusatsu you know like a, a huge passion that we have in common and it was so in common wait there's another pun for common oh, there we go yeah <laughs> i wonder if that's another common writer podcast called uh, it might be at this point what do we have um, in common <laughs> On my most recent episode, like, before this one, like, episode, like, 52, like, we lost some audio, so I just, like, sat down and, like, did, like, a one-person show, and I detailed the story of my failed first, my failed first, like, Toku podcast from 2009. 
Cool. I saw the uh, the episode title, but I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm I'm excited to get into that. I love podcast origin stories. I feel like in the early days of me doing Amusement Sparks, I would ask everyone, every guest about their podcast origin story because there's just something fun about that. Like, because one day you go from not having a podcast to suddenly having a podcast, and like, what what made you decide to make that commitment and put in all this work? Um, because it's sure not a pursuit of, of fame and glory and money. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's got to be passion driven um, or else I feel like everyone would just be on YouTube or something where there's at least a chance you could possibly make money someday. <laughs> and you could put your Halloween mask behind you and you can buy as many as you want because it's part of your set. Ooh, there you go. It's a tax write off. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's true. Good point. Yeah, being on YouTube um, is a tax write off. <laughs> I'm, I I do hope there's more ways for people to make money this like doing stuff like this in the future. I yeah. don't know, man. It's it's a weird world out there. Like I was listening to um the podcast. Uh, no, go figure. I'm I'm listening to podcasts like I am all the time. Um, but it was about kind of the early days of the internet and how you could just kind of write an email to someone who had a website and say like, hey, can I use some of your your like storage space for your website to put my website on? And they'd be like, oh, cool, yeah. Like people were kind of supporting each other um, in a way, which which seemed really interesting. And I was kind of thinking, like, what if some wealthy person kind of made a thing of like, hey, you know what? I like your podcast. I'm just going to start throwing money at you. And then I was like, wait, isn't that Patreon? What the? I, f- I just invented Patreon. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think that's the way to empower people to be able to pursue those passions full time, which is a an amazing thing yeah it's really cool it's hard because like you want to be able to like do it full time and like work on it but also like i'm definitely not trying to make money off of the common ride for me like we have like the merch store now and like the like chip jar but like i've said like hey this goes to hosting costs and then charity like i'm not trying to make money off of it or of like i've like yeah made my cut smaller and like i just recently like uh made sure that the designs would look good on masks and then like put my cut to like zero percent put that like in the ad like hey for masks it's at cost <laughs> and that kind of thing wow it's like it's not trying to make that's, money or you know yeah yeah that's really cool i really appreciate that um that approach is really cool but i just think and i'm in luckily in a similar like in a position where i have a day job that pays the bills yeah. but i just feel bad for people like if someone was you know working full-time which paid enough for them to also do the podcast and now maybe let's say they lost their job it's like well, they can keep doing the podcast, but that's not generating any money, but they might be putting even more work into it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I wish that that entrepreneurial and creative spirit got rewarded more, you know? But I guess uh, I should just put my money where my mouth is and start backing a lot more Patreons than I currently yeah, do. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the secret. And also just, um, there are some places that do have grants for like artisan like creators that could like that could then like go like down like podcasters like even like a hundred dollars would be like oh okay that's my hosting for like a year of my podcast host and like some yeah. part of my website host you know that's a, right, like, a good sure. amount of that money makes a big difference totally but no yeah that's really cool where do people support you andrew when you're uh oh. talking about tokusatsu oh uh i have a theme park design podcast called amusement sparks uh coming up on our four-year anniversary so there's going to be a new new theme song there's a new logo there's a bunch of new stuff which is kind of exciting for me as 
as a person who does all the stuff, you know, <laughs> it's cool to do something a little different. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's found a, on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as Amusement Sparks and then uh, AmusementSparks.com. Those are my uh, main things for right now. I've got a, a new exciting project in the works, but uh, it's not ready. Maybe early next year that'll be coming out. And I'm sure I'll be promoting that at that point. Yeah, uh, we're both also doing projects outside of our outward one. We're like, oh, like when can I put this out? That also is like a passion project too, or like 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 right. not aim for making you money the same way as like I don't know. Yeah, Here's for sure. It, it, <laughs> it's always fun to. Uh, I think if you have that kind of drive, that kind of maybe curiosity mixed with um, an entrepreneurial kind of thing, where it's like, oh, I figured out this new little thing. Uh, and I just want to pick at that and I want to rearrange it. And I want to design it and, and think about it and brainstorm solutions. And like, I just, I love that stuff. Like picking up a new hobby almost. Um, like for example, iOS, I'm not a huge iPhone person, but anyway, iOS 14, you can, you can do these, uh, little widgets and you can do shortcuts so you can really customize the look of your phone. And as soon as I figured that out, I kind of like went off the deep end in like my Photoshop type program called GIMP that I use. And I've been like making all these like crazy buttons and stuff for my phone. And it's just so much fun. And it's like, man, I love solving problems and like finding a new kind of creative output is so much fun for me. I love that stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that kind of brain always is doing that, you know, even if you've got a show going and even if you're going full time podcasting, you still might find a new little passion project that you'll like get wrapped up in and have a ton of fun with. Yeah. Just like some like very basic like graphic design or like some little, mm-hmm. like minor like video work is a lot of fun like i've been like learning after effects like a little bit and like that's a lot of fun but yeah um i couldn't be the kind of person who just like has a bunch of like generic things like wine wifey on like a shirt and tries to sell like twelve thousand of them from like china like i just like couldn't do that <laughs> right. you know like that's for sure <laughs> You can good for yeah. you, but like some people <laughs> need to just like really do something that is at least like getting better, or like some kind of like expression, you know? Yeah, and I do think part of that is manifested in Halloween too. Like, I love how you changed your your logo on Twitter and you changed your name, common common apples and writer blades. Yeah. <laughs> so good, like that. It's a chance to express your creativity, even with absolutely zero percent chance you're going to make money off of your halloween costume but it's still fun to put your you know put your mind to it and and work on it and make some changes it's so fun yeah um i hope that in the future um my cat isn't trying to rub my microphone but also um (laughs) that um more people are just in a place of security where they can do stuff they enjoy because that's like what we've been talking around just yeah like we want people to be nice and secure and be able to just like do fun creative stuff and we're glad to and hey um you can always like uh like reach out like to like two creators like us like two when you're like starting out like a youtube channel or like podcasters like even want like hey what programs do i need like hey how do you edit this and that kind of stuff and we like love to help oh, people get sure. started in that it's way it's so too. fun yeah and i also have kind of helped a couple of podcasts redo their logos and stuff and it's like i don't think i'm that great at this like i'm not on fiverr for it or anything but i like doing it yeah. for myself so when someone reaches out i'm like heck yes i'll help you like i love doing this stuff and if it's to actually help someone instead of 
as a complete waste of time um, that no one will ever see. It's like, yeah, I'll help this person do this thing. That's really fun. I love that stuff. Man, what a kind of... There has been many changes and many uh, peaks and valleys of this podcast that have been really different. Like, it's it's morphed and shifted from amazing origins at the beginning of this episode to this, like, kind of uplifting ending thing. And the whole time we were kind of talking about vampires. Like, what? That was... That was so fun. That was such a blast. What a weird, cool episode. <laughs> and you notice that in my original story that I told, it mirrored the arc we would then take. Yeah. Now we die. Yeah, go back and, and listen to all the clues. Uh, you know, like they say in uh, in Lost Boys, uh, which one was it? The tribe. Uh, build a man a fire, and he's warm for a day. Light a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. <laughs> 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 that quote got me so much. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. oh, and um, you can find um me on Twitter.com at James Forge, the podcast at comrade3comrade3.com. Send it in emails to podcast at comrade3.com. And if you search um, comrade me on Redbubble, there are now six different designs that each have some different like shirts and stickers. And it's like been a lot of fun to make those. And yeah, man, um, I have to, I wish you'd said that fire thing after. I, I said that, but um, what <laughs> well, we the magic today? of editing. Maybe, yeah, magic I, of editing, maybe yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, if you um light a podcast on fire, it, it's warm for like, one hour. If you light a podcaster on fire, uh, they might win an Emmy. There, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> or can we go out on like uh, watch Common Rider and watch the Lost Boys? <laughs> Does that work? Um, watch Common Rider and cry, little sister. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Andrew. Oh man, thank you, Kip. That was a blast, man. That's that's great. <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night. Uh, I've had this dumb song. Um, it's like a, a a like comedy song where this person comes on to like comedy bang bang every year. And um, they're like, I wrote the original Monster Mash. I love scary. this song. I, I I listen to it every year. I've listened to the like super cut of every time he's been yeah. on. Oh, man. I'm weirdly obsessed with it, but everyone I tell about it gets freaked out and doesn't want to listen to it. Like, I can yeah. play it for a new for a certain friends once, but then they don't want to hear it again. Whereas I want to hear it all the time because it's just so shocking. Yeah, because there's eight of them now, right? Like probably nine. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there was like the Christmas ones. And <laughs> so good. Yeah, like there was like um like the Hauntica stuff and yeah, <laughs> and like I love how he like comes on and just like on my do- on my granddaughter's life makes you burn in hell, and then just like does it just like every does time. it again. Just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, it's perfect. It is <laughs> truly. And who knows, um, probably come out and be like, oh, this year for COVID, I have a new song that's like, <laughs> to help us like stay together, uh, even while we're apart. Uh, I was working so. in the lab late one night, <laughs> rose from my flab, wearing a mask, was Frankenstein. Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, but no. Y- you just put in more effort than he does. <laughs> it's a lot of effort to just... Um, Say, here's my song, we wish you a scary Christmas. Then never, <laughs> then when you say, like, Monster Fuck Part 4, you don't say, we wish you a scary Christmas. Right? It's a lot of work. Oh, it's so good.
Uh, but no, <laughs> I just start the show before we just do that. <laughs> <laughs>